Welcome to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. I'm Teresa Harms, Executive Director of Clinic with a Heart with co-host Don Rocky, Executive Director of CASA for Lancaster County. This show is designed to shine a spotlight on the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. To learn more about Cause Collective and how we help our members better serve the community, visit our website at www.causecollectivelincoln.org. And while you're there, you can sign up for our free community newsletter. Yay! And today we're joined by Morgan Hermonic from the Community Health Endowment. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And before we um, delve into a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about what the Community Health Endowment does. What's the 20,000 foot view? Yeah, so we're the Community Health Endowment, and if I abbreviate it all to CHE, um, you'll know that that's what I'm talking about. We're actually a fund with the city of Lincoln that was established back in the 90s um, when Lincoln General Hospital was sold. And the mayor put together a task force to determine what to do with those city funds, and the task force decided to create an endowment with the city to make Lincoln the healthiest nation or the healthiest city in the nation. Um, and so with those funds that we invest, um, our goal is to provide funding for public health and health related initiatives here in the city to further um, safety and welfare of our Lincoln residents. And wow, what a visionary thing to do back then. And all these years later, it's still going right. strong so still around yeah that that was a lot of vision and morgan you're uh, fairly new at the community health endowment tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to your role there yeah so previously i was with neighborworks lincoln just actually down the street from where chg's office now uh, my background's in nonprofit work so my bachelor's degrees in social work and then i graduated um, in may 2020 so the virtual walking across the stage from uno with my public administration and nonprofit management degree um, so you know i worked a lot on the nonprofit side and this opportunity came up to work on the funder side and i just jumped at it. Um, I think what drew me to this was being able to work with so many different people and with so many different causes. Um, throughout my degrees, you know, people would ask me, so do you want to work with kids? Do you want to work in housing? Do you want to work in the health field? And my answer was yes, <laughs> I want to do everything. Um, and so this is a really great opportunity. Uh, we love working with so many different types of projects because, you know, so many things are related to health. So it's not just medical, you know, it's mental health, it's youth sports, it's healthy food. Um, it's all sorts of um, initiatives we get to be a part of. So you get to kind of do it all. That's, that is kind yes, of Yes, definitely. Yep. And I'm the administrative officer here. I've been here for about a year. Um, and there's just three staff members here. We actually, the third person starting on May 31st. So um, Michaela Young, some people, a lot of people will probably know her name. She moved to Florida um, early this month. And so the new staff person is Emily Kluver and she begins on the 31st. Okay, wonderful. You'll be full staff. Yeah, you were down 33%. <laughs> yeah. That's I pretty, know. <laughs> pretty rough. 
You know, from time to time, the health endowment um, prioritizes what will be funded for the year or the coming years um, mm -hmm. based on input from the community and lots of different things. Uh, tell me how that process works and what the priorities are at this time. Yeah, so every year the board of directors comes together and they analyze some of the biggest issues in the city and they decide um, where to focus our efforts on. So many people listening may be familiar with our Place Matters mapping projects. We've come out with updated uh, reiterations over the years and recently um, we just announced the launch of the Place Matters 4.0 data. So looking at that data, it was very clear that there were some issues that stood out among a few of those maps. So three of the funding priorities for this upcoming year come out of those Place Matters maps. Um, if you wanna look at those, those are on our website at chelincoln.org. And those three priorities are gonna be first trimester prenatal care, healthy food access and youth fitness. And those are all, we're hoping that um, the people we work with will focus in the areas of the Place Matters maps where those areas are lacking. So the red and the orange areas, um, we're trying to bring health equity um, to the more underserved populations in Lincoln. And then we actually have a fourth funding priority this upcoming year, which is mental wellness and human connection. Um, throughout the pandemic, you know, it was made very aware that mental health was one of the top concerns for our citizens here in Lincoln. So we're looking for very creative ways to address mental wellness. Um, you know, it's no secret that um, there's a shortage of therapists and mental health practitioners. And so we're looking for applications for creative ways to address that, which could be peer support specialists, mentoring support groups, um, other ways we can look at addressing that issue. So those are the four upcoming uh, funding priorities. We'll have 2.2 million available this upcoming year for the fall and spring cycle. Some of that is allocated to previously approved projects. So that means we'll have about 1.5 million available for new projects. And that can make a lot of impact, that, uh, that amount of funding. Um, mm -hmm. You talked about connection with mental wellness and you have an exciting event coming up that is designed to create connection. What's happening on June 16th? Yes, so we're very excited on June 16th. We're having a community celebration of resiliency. Um, we have several, several funders coming together um, to celebrate all of the work that nonprofits in Lincoln have done over the last several years, you know, beyond those years of the pandemic before then. Um, we really rely on their services here in Lincoln. And while you know, last year, the Community Health Endowment celebrated the hospital staff, which was very well deserved. Um, we want to celebrate those that have focused on, you know, mental health and youth services, you know, domestic violence and healthy food distribution and all of those issues that came up, um, especially during the pandemic. So that'll be on Union Plaza on 21st and about Q Street outside the Jane Snyder Trail Center between four and 6 p.m. So everyone's welcome to come hang out. We're gonna have live music, food. We'll have, you know, the UNL Dairy ice cream push cart and Roastbusters coffee and cookies and yard games. And we're really hoping that um, 
nonprofit leaders and boards will use this time for their staff to come get respite and be applauded by the funders here. Um, there's no agenda. We don't want nonprofits to feel like they have to come make a pitch to the funders or anything like that. This is purely us celebrating you guys. I think it's a great event. I think it, it sounds like, you know, and um, I know when I shared it with my staff, they're like, really? They're inviting staff and this is like a big thank you? And I said, yeah. But oh, I didn't good. know about the UNL dairy cart. Now I'm really excited. <laughs> yes, we'll have lots of goodies there. Participation just soared. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. No, that's, you know, it's, um, it has seemed like a long slog for a, a lot of us. And um, I know the youth we work with, uh, children and youth we work with at CASA, we're continuing to see the fact that mental health is so important. And then also continuing to see the, you know, there's a wait list everywhere yes. for therapy services. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, I have seen more people um, trying to be creative about how do we get something started uh, waiting for the the optimum service for mm -hmm. this youth. So I'm I'm really excited that more people are thinking about this and um, yeah, wanting to do it. Yep, it's definitely an issue that we need to start thinking of creatively for sure. Well, and what makes this so unique in this time is that every single person has been in the pandemic. So there's not anyone unscathed. So the helpers mm -hmm. have even been through a yes. pandemic. So mm -hmm. I think that makes it hard. I I am glad I'm not a mental health provider right now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then on top of it, you throw a war and inflation and all those other things. So I think we're just at right. a, the beginning of needing to address mental wellness, mm -hmm. myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Because we have all been through it. What have been some of the the lessons you've learned as a new person seeing all the things that are going on in Lincoln? Has there been any surprises for you or did you have a good, good handle on everything happening in, in Lincoln? Oh, you know, I think I knew that all these issues were interconnected, but not to the extent that they actually are. So, you know, I mentioned earlier being able to work on all these different issues. Well, they're not all segregated. You know, it's not right. a waffle with pots of, oh, we're gonna work on this health issue and then healthy foods and then mental wellness. It's all connected and woven together. And so the amount of connections we're able to make between nonprofits and um, between different causes has been extremely eye-opening and also brought a lot of hope, um, especially when we're talking to one nonprofit and we're like, well, this sounds just like what this other organization wants to do. Have you connected? And, you know, they haven't even heard of each other. And so being able to kind of um, bring everyone together in a way that's really meaningful I think is important um, in this sector, especially. So that was one thing I wasn't expecting coming in here was how connected everything already is. And, um, you know, just making further connections beyond that as well. I think one of the areas that always 
surprises me and it shouldn't anymore is the the uh, healthy food access and the mm. um, the so-called food deserts and the, the fact that we have areas of town where um, a grocery store is not conveniently located. Um, and I'm, I'm still surprised at that, but was reminded of that um, in hearing about the, the tragedy in Buffalo, New York, mm. that the, the grocery store where those shootings took place was the only grocery store on that side of Buffalo. So right. that's something that is kind of an overarching issue and as school is letting out, I worry about some of the kids on our caseload and others who whose school was their source for for food and for healthy food. So I know there's a lot of summer programs out there. So hopefully we can get everybody connected. Right, definitely. Uh, CHE funded the healthy food truck with the fruits and veggies that goes around town. I know that's been really successful and um, we need more of those for sure. Um, I know there's organizations on their wait list, you know, how can we get them at Educare? How can we get them at, you know, our organization? And so having more opportunities like that in the community is going to be very important. Well, and things like with community crops and I think their gardens were all assigned way early on. So there's a lot of people thinking about and doing the growing of healthy food. So mm-hmm. that's really that's great. Cool. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I um, saw a presentation on Place Matters, how shocked I was. Um, mm-hmm. What a difference it makes in your health and your lifespan by what neighborhood you live in. Um, have Has there been a shift over time of... Are things getting better? Are neighborhoods getting more, um, we're living the same amount of time from neighborhood to neighborhood or are we still seeing places where there are disparities? There's definitely areas where there's still disparities. Um, And I will mention one caveat to the Place Matters 4.0 is some of the data comes from 2019 Mm-hmm. Um, because data collection during the pandemic was very difficult. And so we're honestly, you know, there are a few areas where it improved, a few where it stayed the same, um, a few where maybe it even declined, but we're really looking forward to collecting and analyzing the data, you know, in the coming years even to see the long-term term impacts of this pandemic. Um, as I mentioned, some areas that we're, mostly concerned about are the healthy food access, the youth sports access, and then, um, or I should say the youth fitness, and then the first trimester prenatal care. Um, And you know, when talking about the pandemic, these are all areas that um, may be negatively impacted by that. Mm -hmm. Um, As Dawn was mentioning, you know, the access to healthy food access, you know, when kids were at home, didn't have you know, that fresh food available through their school programs, that was an issue. And then we have the youth fitness. Um, We go off the PACER test data and there weren't any PACER tests in 2020 um, because all the kids were at home. So it'll be interesting to see how that's been impacted. Um, So I guess my, you know, to summarize my very long answer is that Things have kind of stayed the same for the most part. They've shifted around in the city. You can go back on our website and compare the last few years. Um, 
but things are kind of up in the air right now with this pandemic and where that'll leave us, you know, moving into the future. That that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's um, a lot of people that put off healthcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because it, it the, something was telehealth or you, you know, I'll mm-hmm. just wait. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Right. And I, I'm afraid that maybe some of that is becoming a big deal. Right. Exactly. So, Even I'm guilty of that. You know, I didn't go to the dentist that year because I didn't want my face that close to someone else's face. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you get a cavity, you know, so it's, yeah, you see the effects of that among the whole population. Do you um, have any, I guess, favorite success stories or projects that um, you've been acquainted with that you felt were really successful? Yeah, you know, it's hard to narrow it down because there's so many success stories that we see all the time. I would say most of the projects we fund are successful, um, but a few over this last year that have made an impact on me specifically, one would be the Schroeder Park Wellness Campus um, with the addition of the Morning Hope Building, um, the Grief Counseling Center and their partnership with Community Crops and Lutheran Family Services and Willard um, Community Center, just that hub of services brought to that area has been really impactful. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we went up to Arnold Elementary School in the Air Park area. We provided funding for a playground for the big kids because they had a playground for the little little kids, but not for the big kids. And, um, you know, looking at that playground and all of them enjoying their time together and hearing of all the awesome plans they have coming up in the future for that area, um, bringing more services to kind of that island part of Lincoln that's mm-hmm. segregated by the airport. Um, and then we have, you know, the up and coming cultural centers project of Lincoln. You know, these cultural centers are coming together and they're dreaming big and they have big plans. So um, there's a lot of really inspirational projects happening right now, for sure. Really is. And I know Teresa and I have talked about this before, but we're very lucky that the nonprofits in Lincoln and Lancaster County are very willing and able to collaborate on mm. projects. There's not, you know, there's not a lot of, well, that's my project and you can't have any piece of it. I think there's right. more of, let's see how we can get together and, and provide mm-hmm. these services. Right, exactly. Yeah, we, and I know other funders do too, really encourage collaboration. And, um, you know, if there's any nonprofit that wants to apply jointly on a grant, we'll get that too. Um, yeah, it's it's huge. And I think I think during this time too, we've learned to harness technology to be able to collaborate. So I never mm-hmm. in my wildest dreams thought I'd zoom as much as I zoom, but um, <laughs> it is a great way to connect with my peers and partners and keep conversations going. Yes, definitely. Now the convenience of it, you know, then you go. I had to go to a, like an in-person meeting a couple of weeks ago and I had to sit and think, well, how long is it going to take me to drive over there? Having not made that trip across town for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it had to, I had to like really figure it out. 
It's like relearning all of these things. Yeah. Morgan, you mentioned the board of directors for the health endowment um, when you were talking earlier. Um, who who sits on a board like that? Because that'd be a, a pretty influential, knowledgeable group, I would think. Yes, we are very blessed by who sits on our board of directors. And actually, the mayor appoints our board. Okay. Um, and so when we're ready for a new board member, we'll go to her and... Um, uh, we can make some suggestions, but we have um, three positions that are standing positions. So there's no term limits or anything like that. And that would be the president and CEO of both Brian and then also CHI um, and Nebraska Heart and then the health director. So Pat Lopez also those positions, they're always on our board. Um, we like to have um, that direct contact with the health department at the city and also with the two big health systems here. Um, we also have people who just have a passion for nonprofits in this community and people who have a history of um, making connections. Um, yeah, we're, we're very lucky. We also have, of course, you know, since we're an endowment, we have an investment fund. So we always make sure to have a couple people on there who understand the investment side of things. Cause that's definitely, you know, not my forte. So <laughs> we have a very well-rounded board. That's for sure. Yeah. Anytime I look at the list, I'm always impressed with who all's, who all's at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you look down the road, um, challenges for this next, for the rest of this year and into 2023? Yeah, the one that just immediately came to mind is um, the refugee population, making sure we get adequate services to them, um, especially with the incoming Ukrainian individuals, um, and Afghan refugees, we've been talking to several organizations here in the city where um, there's not enough staff, there's not enough resources and just figuring out how to provide adequate housing and opportunities for these refugees. That's, that's the one that immediately came to my mind is kind of specific, but I think that's right now what we're looking at. Um, and then also mental wellness and human connection, you know, especially among kids. Um, we've been having conversations with individuals within LPS of suicide rates among young children. And that's just through the roof right now. Um, you know, probably again, because of the pandemic and COVID and what they had to face. So those are two very specific concerns. We also, you know, there's ones on the business side, like since we are an endowment, um, you know, just monitoring our investments, making sure we're spending those properly and uh, response responsibly as well. So, yeah. and yeah, trying we not just, to trying not to worry about the stock market. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> wow. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So we just take it day by day and do what we can. So, if someone has a great idea that um, could use some funding, how do they apply to the community health endowment for a grant? Yes, definitely. So our next application cycle is due, let's see, July 15th at noon. 
Uh, we have two grant cycles a year. So you just go to our website at ceglincoln.org and you can see that whole funding calendar right there. And, you know, we really encourage people to call us first. We can set up a meeting where you can talk to us about your ideas. Uh, we always say we fund projects, not organizations. So come to us with all of your big ideas and we can give you feedback on those. Thank you so much. Any last thing you want us to know before we end the show? You know, just that we're so thankful for the nonprofits in the Lincoln community and all that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Morgan. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to us and know that next week we'll have another great show for, for Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln KZUM HD. For more information and to listen to this podcast, you can visit causecollectivelincoln.org and again, sign up for our free newsletter. Keep listening to KZUM 89.3 and we'll uh, listen to you or see you, hear you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.